Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us today. Have you ever been laid off? Finding out that you are losing your job can be devastating. You could be a part of a mass layoff within your company, and it can happen when you least expect it. For many of us, our job is a part of our identity, and our coworkers are our community. Having to suddenly say goodbye to a world and career that you have built over time can be soul-crushing. Today, we're talking about life after layoffs and how to pick up the pieces so you can move on to a new career. As I talk with my guests, I want to hear from you, too. Have you ever been laid off? What did you feel when you lost your job and what helped you get back on your feet? Was there any silver lining to your job loss? You can call us at 651-227-6000 as we talk about this or call 800-242-2828. You can also tweet me at Angela Davis NPR. We'll dive into layoffs in just a moment. But first, I want to get an update on the latest economic news from my colleague, Chris Farrell. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Oh, where do we start? Okay, (laughs) let's start with the overall economy. How's it looking? Uh, Is it losing momentum? Are things getting better? It is losing momentum. I mean, things are decelerating. And you're seeing it most clearly in the housing market. I mean, for example, um, existing home sales, and that's the bulk of the market. It, they declined for the ninth month in a row. So since they've been keeping records, that, that is a, that's a record. And, um, you're also seeing the ripple effects from this weaker housing market. Um, it's those high mortgage rates, right? It's, part it's of those it. high mortgage rates. It is the Fed tightening. You're seeing construction is down in, in residential housing appliances. You know, when you buy a home, Angela, you go, you buy all that, that other all stuff. All that other stuff. Well, people aren't doing that. And of course, what we'll talk about a little bit, the mass layoffs in the high tech industry. And I thought you'd be interest in this figure, Census Bureau had a survey of households in early October and found that 41% of Americans said they were having difficulty paying for essential expenses. And that's up from the same survey, 29% a year earlier. And so what that means to me is more caution. Oh, say that again. 41% of Americans said what? They were having difficulty paying for essential household expenses up from 29% a year ago. Mm. So again, economy losing momentum, people being more cautious with their spending. Uh, so, yes, we are an economy that is slowing down. When I walked in this morning, you said, uh, I've got some breaking news for you. Uh-oh. And then I screamed. Uh, there's talk. I mean, there's a potential nationwide strike, again, yeah. that could really hurt the economy even more. So remember before the midterm elections, there was the threat of a strike. The White House brokered a deal. Uh, the deal has been being voted on by 12 different unions, and one of them said no. In what industry? This in, is a in, rail, there, this railroad. This is a railroad industry, yes. which means it affects everything, whether it's you know energy, uh, what gets delivered to, to the stores, to retailers. Uh, and the, this is, comes from the Association of American Railroads. They say if there is a strike, uh, a nationwide strike, you know, the U.S. economy could lose $2 billion a day. So it is an incredibly important industry. And before the holidays, it would paralyze things because retailers wouldn't be able to stock. That's um, right. And what about grocery prices, right? Because they're moving food. They're moving by food. Absolutely. So it would have a, a, a – we would get a spike up in prices. You're absolutely right. Now, here's my guess. Most of the unions voted in favor of the deal. And so they're back to the table. There's going to be – the union is using its negotiating leverage because they're just thinking the way that you're thinking. This is a, this is a period of time. to Right? And it's basically over 
um, work conditions. That's the that's the focus of, of the dispute. So I expect that uh, like we'll sick, continue to have negotiations like here. Like sick leave policies. Exactly. Things like that. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. Because yes. I thought it was resolved, but... Now, no longer. Mm. All right. Uh, so does this mean that um, inflation pressures, um, you know, w- what are we seeing there? It, not much relief there at the grocery store. I, like a lot of people, did that Thanksgiving shopping over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, same. It's, you know, it. you, you still go to the counter and say, whoa, uh, that's still a lot. So we are getting good news on the inflation front, but it's working its way through the system slowly. So last week, we got the producer price index, kind of tells you what business is dealing with. And we also got import prices. They were both down. And then a number of economists have been doing these really interesting studies. So they go to one of these nationwide um, uh, units and they'll look at what's happening to rentals. So rentals mm-hmm. are coming down faster than what's being reported in the consumer price index. So, um, you know, we're going to see some declines in 2023 there. And then I just want to mention very quickly, Target. Target came out saying uh, that, you know, profit was going to be dis- disappointing. Uh, and they said Target very executives, very disappointing, that they're prepared to offer deep discounts in coming months to clear out unwanted inventory, attracts shoppers. So that to me, that does not say inflation, Right. That says lower prices going into the holiday season. Again, another sign of reduced inflationary pressures. The Federal Reserve, uh, what are they saying and and how are they (laughs) describing the impact that they have or haven't had? Well, I think they, you know, I just get the feeling, you know, they've been sitting around the table playing a little poker, playing, you know, various different games. And they've all got this message that they're all sending out, which is that they've gone out of their way just to say, look, we see what's going on here, but we're cautious we don't want to be premature in declaring victory. And so Neil Kashkari, he's head of the Federal Reserve Bank in yep. Minneapolis, voting mm-hmm. member of the Fed Governors, Fed Board of Governors. In an interview several days ago, he said the Fed, look, should not stop raising rates until it's clear that inflation has peaked. Well, we ha- we it is not clear. We suspect that it's but peaked. But it's not clear huh? that it's peaked. So what that means is when the Fed meets in <sighs> early December, everybody expects they'll raise their rates again. Uh, speaking of Neil uh, Kashkari, um, you, you uh, called to my attention that he tweeted about uh, crypto recently. He wrote, uh, entire notion of crypto is nonsense, not useful uh, for payments, no inflation hedge, no no scarcity, no taxing authority, just a tool of speculation and greater fools. Uh, break that down for us. What does okay. that mean? So he's spot on. And the reason for his tweet is this crypto empire, Sam Bankman fried filed for bankruptcy after investors ran for the exits. You know, it was like a run on the bank. And this is the latest crypto collapse. There's a big one that also happened in the spring. And, you know, when it comes to the, uh, free, the, the Bankman fried empire, there's lots of dodgy details, abuse of customer accounts, disgraceful bookkeeping, actually really a lack of accounting and, you know, other signs of potential wrongdoing. But if you take a step back, and this is what Kashkari was saying, crypto is just, it's looking for a reason to exist. And, you know, this this sort of dream among the libertarian digital uh, evangelists that, you know, crypto would transform the economy. I mean, it's been repeatedly dashed. It's an instrument for gambling. A couple of months ago, well, a year ago, Crypto was going to be a hedge against inflation. Well, inflation's up, crypto's down. Then it was going to be like gold. It's a it's a hedge against chaos. Well, we're living through a chaotic situation. Mm-hmm. We got the you know Ukraine, everything that's going on. Crypto's going down. So in the end, at this moment, the only use for crypto is the gamble. And one more question: What about 
global climate change, the negotiations in Egypt. Um, we talked a little bit about, about the summit last week. Anything new to report? So there is something new to report. You know, the overall conference was disappointing. It's been over, completely overshadowed by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, all the energy crisis that's going around the world. Um, but there was one one important piece of progress. It was the creation of a loss and damage fund. And this is to uh, the wealthier nations will fund it. It's going to help compensate vulnerable nations to global climate change, such as, you know, rising seawaters and storms. Now, they agreed on it. There's no funding in it. And there's no agreement on what is going to be the funding mechanism. That's now up for negotiation. So there was a small sign of progress, but everything was overshadowed. By Ukraine. A lot of disagreement. I mean, they couldn't even agree on any language for phasing out fossil fuels. No, they just could not. They just they just decided to pass on that one. Okay. All right, Chris, I want you to stay right there. Uh, okay. You know, as we mentioned at the top of the hour, I, I really want to talk about layoffs today because I think it's on a lot of people's minds. Uh, it's getting a lot of attention. Uh, if you look at the tech industry, uh, layoffs there have amounted to a loss of about 130,000 jobs just this year. That's according to the website layoffs.fyi. And that includes, you know, big companies like Amazon, Twitter, uh, Lyft, Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook and Instagram. And we know losing your job. It's awful. It can trigger shock, anger, sadness, and shame, uh, in addition to affecting your money and your identity. And getting back on your feet, it can really take longer than you might expect. So we're going to talk with uh, two more guests about how you can recover from a devastating loss of a job or a career built over time. Who or what is out there to help? What are the resources that are available? And there are Many. I have two guests joining me now, Chris and I, to talk about life after being laid off and the steps you can take to rebuild your career. We have with us in the studio Avery Bardell. Avery is the Workforce Development Manager with Goodwill Easter Sills, Minnesota. And this is an agency that serves people who need access to jobs and stable careers. Good morning to you, Avery. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, yeah, it's shocking to listen to Chris talk about the economy, right? It's worrisome. I was watching your facial expressions. <laughs> it's nice to have company to take all that in. Yeah, yes. it's a lot happening right now. It's a lot. We also have joining us on the line, we have Bonnie Gross. Bonnie is the Executive Vice President of Talent Services at Ovative Group in Minneapolis. And this is a digital marketing firm. They have offices in New York and Chicago. And she previously worked at Target Corporate Headquarters and at Fingerhut in senior leadership roles. Good morning to you, Bonnie. Good morning, Angela. Thank you for letting me join this important discussion. Yeah, glad to have you with us. And uh, to our listeners, as I talk with our guests, I'm taking your phone calls. I want to hear from you. Have you ever been laid off? What was like life like after that? What happened? How did you get back on your feet? Were there any silver linings to that job loss? Call us at 651 651- Two two seven six thousand. Again, the number is six five one two two seven six thousand. You can also call eight hundred two four two twenty eight twenty eight and tweet me at Angela Davis MPR. We've got some listeners on hold already. I'm going to ask you to stand by because I want to talk to our guests for a moment here. Uh, Avery, you've spent a lot of time helping people who've recently lost their jobs. Describe a little bit about what they share with you about their concerns and their feelings when this happens. Yeah, being laid off is a can be a very scary and lonely time. It's you're never job searching because you were wanting to or expecting to. Our job can be such a part of our identity that when it's taken away, it can feel who are you next? What are you going to do next? Mm-hmm. Um so it's really helpful to take advantage of the programs and services out there 
to get connected with people and talk to people about being laid off um, and about what you need to do next and how your job search is going. Mm-hmm. Because the loneliness is the hardest part. I love it. Scary and lonely. That I think that sums it up for a lot of folks. And tell me what you're seeing right now in Minnesota. Uh, paint a picture for us of who is getting laid off. What type of work or, or what industries here in Minnesota? So that's the interesting thing about layoffs is it can be everybody. Um, we are seeing people at the beginning of their career. We're seeing people at the end of their career. But I'd say Probably over 50% of the people that we're currently working with in the Dislocated Worker Program are people who are in their 40s and 50s, uh, mid-career, and um, kind of not sure what to do next. Really were expecting to stay at this job or in this career until they were going to be laid off or until they were going to retire, excuse me. And so obviously it affects your money, your financial stability, uh, also devastating to your identity and your sense of self. Have you found that to be true? Yes, absolutely. Um, when I was working uh, as a as a job counselor before I uh, became the manager, I was working with people who felt that they had lost a part of who they were. Um, you have people who are struggling with what to do next. They'd expected to retire from that job, or they felt that um, they must have done something wrong. Why did it happen to them? Why does it happen to you? Um, so being able to talk with a job counselor, I had people who called me their accountability buddy mm. um, because it was a way to I was someone who kept them accountable, who was a non-judgmental person mm-hmm. to listen to what they were going through. I'm never going to get tired about hearing about those, how the interviews went, the jobs that you're applying for, um, or the frustrations of, oh, this interview did not go well, and I did not like this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's part of, too, what is so shocking and hurtful is that you could be a stellar employee, right? Meeting all the goals, shining, bringing other people along, you still get laid off. Yeah, it can feel so personal, but it's mm-hmm. not. It is, it's at a company level. And I would just remind people, apply for unemployment insurance immediately even if you're not sure if it was a layoff. So many people think of being laid off as it was a whole department. But if you were let go individually, as long as you weren't fired for cause, you're probably eligible for unemployment insurance and you're considered laid off in the eyes of the state of Minnesota. So at least find out, like find do some out. research. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonnie, um, let, tell us more about what you do at uh, Ovative. Uh, you've had many years of management experience. What do you do in your current job? Um, I lead the talent services team. So most people would think about that as HR, right? So Mm. I spend a lot of my day on recruiting and talking to talent in the industry and seeing if we have a fit for them. Uh, We spend a lot of time here at Ovative on training and development. We really believe it's not just about recruiting the best talent, but retaining them by having a place where they can continually professionally grow. Mm-hmm. So those are probably the two areas where I spend the majority of my time. And as I mentioned, um, before you were at Ovative, you worked in senior leadership roles at Target and at Finger Hut. In those years, Bonnie, did you ever have to lay somebody off? Unfortunately, I did. Um, I have gone through multiple rounds of layoffs on the management side at, at multiple companies. So I can honestly say um, 
one of the hardest things I've ever done. And, and I think, you know, lots of times you hear people talk about uh, it's, you know, it's the course of business, but the reality is uh, just like Avery was saying, and you were saying you're impacting people's lives. These are people that you have relationships with that uh, are going to go through shock and grief and so, yes, I have I have been in that position. And on the recruitment side, as you are interviewing people now, when someone tells you that they were laid off, does that make you view them in any different way? I mean, do does that matter to you if they were laid off? Is that is that a negative in any way? It is not a negative in any way. I mean, the fact is, I think everybody in the industry and in the business world understands that people get laid off who are very talented wonderful people. And that if anything, I would say, often it makes you want to help them more, right? You understand the difficult situation they're in. And you want to make room to give them a chance to tell their story and and see if you have a good fit for them. Mm, I'm glad glad to hear that. Uh, Chris, let me bring you in here. Uh, What what do you want people to know? What are you seeing right now? Uh, when it comes to layoffs, you know, what industries, like what what's happening here in Minnesota? Yeah, so Minnesota nationwide, I think it's pretty much the same story. The high-tech industry is what's dominating the layoffs that you're seeing, whether it's corporate at Amazon, uh, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, 11,000. We put Twitter off in its own uh, universe, <laughs> universe there. Yeah. Okay. We separate them. Uh, and but. I don't, for, for, for those workers, and I don't want to minimize the trauma, the individual trauma of being laid off, but from an Economy point of view, the unemployment rate in the high tech industry, you know, for for a decade now, has hovered around two percent, uh, which really just means you don't have an unemployment rate; you just have the normal transition of people leaving jobs and going elsewhere. So, from an economy point of view, I think a lot of those people are going to be rehired very quickly. They may not, may not go back to from Facebook to Amazon. But what do you think about so many companies want high-tech talent? They want that, that right. skill set. So I do think uh, that's a somewhat unique. Where we're also seeing uh, our layoffs nationwide and also here because uh, we have a very big mortgage uh, business here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So anything related to real estate, the lending of real estate, those high interest rates with mortgages, you're seeing layoffs in that industry because business is way down. I mean, they were they had to gear up during all during that boom time, right? And now we're in the it, you know clearly the boom time is over. Classic, you start laying off workers. What can they do? What types of new jobs could they would be a good fit? For so them? you know, there again, you know. I think we sort of like what Avery was saying. They're in in a situation. Do they go to another financial services firm? You know, looking around where the firm might be doing better, maybe less concentrated in the mortgage industry, or do they take their skills and work with somebody and figure out? Do I want to make a transition? I'm kind of tired of this boom bust industry called real estate because. Yeah. Here's the thing. Real estate has booms. It has busts. Mm-hmm. It's the nature of, of that industry. So I think, you know, they and typically they have a fair amount of skill. So it's like, what is my skill and what could I offer to a different kind of employer? Avery, anything that you would add to that? Yeah, I would say when we think that we're in a specific industry, we can only work in that industry. Our skills don't transfer a lot of the skills that are used in an industry like that are transferable to plenty of other jobs, industries, roles. Um, so it's really just about figuring out how do you market yourself mm-hmm. and figuring out if there's a certification or sh- very short-term training that could make that switch even faster and easier. 
that's kind of my personal story. I've been trying to get out of journalism since I started in journalism. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm still here. But I found that, you know, my the basic skill, right? It's, I'm a writer and a researcher, right? Pretty much, which are all transferable mm -hmm. sk skills, right? Yeah, um, but we want you to stay. Here. Okay. <laughs> and we want you to stay life. in journalism. All right. yeah. Let's take some phone calls. We're talking about life after being laid off. Uh, tell us about uh, your experience. Have you ever lost a, a job? What happened next? Um, and is there a silver lining to maybe a, a job loss? Uh, did something good happen after that occurred? Give us a call at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828 as I talk talk with our guests in Farmington. Let's pick up a phone call from Michelle. Good morning, Michelle. T uh, tell us your story. Good morning. Hey. Yeah, so I was laid off mid-August, and um, it was obviously a shock to me. Um, so I did tap into the dislocated worker program and also realized at that time, having raised two children over two decades, um, that it was time for me to go back to school. Mm -hmm. And so between the dislocated worker program advising me to take a um, course in project management, I've also enrolled at um, Metro State and I'm mm -hmm. completing and working towards completing my bachelor's. And what kind of work were you doing, Michelle, when you were laid off? Yeah, I was in donor relations mm -hmm. and um, you know, relationship building, customer support. And so has this, how would you describe the process? Uh, it sounds like you're, you're on a, a path to maybe a better job, but I mean, financially, what did that do when you were laid off? Well, thankfully, I had made sure that I have adequate savings mm -hmm. and um, you know, between tapping into my savings and the unemployment that I am earning, I am able to um, pay for the basics. And um, I just have cut back on the extras that I did. And, you know, just watching my money and, um, you know, plugging away at job search and doing my schoolwork. Mm -hmm. All right. That's Michelle and Farmington. Michelle, thank you for calling in. Uh, Avery, she mentioned the Dislocated Worker Program. Let's spend some time talking about that. What is it? Who runs it? What does it do? Yeah. So the Dislocated Worker Program is what we like to call one of the best kept secrets in Minnesota, which is not a good thing. So thank you so much for having me mm -hmm. today. Um, it is a program that's run by DEED, by the state of Minnesota. So any resident of Minnesota from Arrowhead region to St. Cloud to the Twin Cities down to Rochester, there is a dislocated worker program near you. And it's for people who have been laid off through no fault of their own and need some sort of assistance in getting back to work. Not just back to work at a job, but a competitive, comparable role to what you were doing before. We don't want to see people who were making 80000 a year now in jobs that are making $45,000 a year. That's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So with the Dislocated Worker Program, you work one-on-one -on -one with a job search counselor, and they work with you on everything related to your job search, from your resume to interview prep to networking ideas, identifying transferable skills, as we talked about earlier. Um Really, anything and everything related to the job search, there are the, they are there to work with you on. And this is a free service. It's absolutely free. It is your tax dollars at work for you. And when we say DEED, it's uh, the state's Department of Employment and Economic Development. Correct. Right? And so you have success stories. 
We have plenty of success stories. Um, as our previous caller mentioned, there are training dollars in this program. So you can go back to school um, or get a certification. We recently had someone who was laid off from 20 years in the same company, same position, um, and she hadn't hadn't had to job search for, I think, had been since the uh, late 90s mm-hmm. when she was mailing paper resumes in. Uh, so we worked with her on how to find a job, um, how to job search online. And she had ended up going back to school and getting her um, SHRM certification, which is an HR certification, mm-hmm. and got into HR training and was making uh, $10,000 more a year. And Bonnie, what would you want people to know about you know when you're laid off, uh, services that are available? So sometimes your, your employer will make services available to help you find the next job. Absolutely. And I would say it's really important, just like Avery's saying, to take advantage of all those services. The other thing I would really uh, call out, though, is really leaning in on your network. And when I say your network, I mean your neighbors, your family, people you worked with 10 years ago. Tell everybody, right? Just tell people, I'm looking for a job. (laughs) Exactly. And that can be hard because you're in a very vulnerable place. So you again, you need your support system helping you through that. But what I can say is to break through and to talk to a real person at a company, really leveraging, and I mean, even if it's six degrees of separation, your network to connect with someone at a company is a really good way to learn more and to get that interview. So I can say at Oveda, this year we've hired over 200 people and 45% of those were referrals from our team. And literally, it might have been, I went to school with this person. They live next door to me. They just Mm -hmm. reached out to me on LinkedIn. They know someone I know. And a company will always make those referrals a really high priority out of respect for our for their teams to get back to those individuals. So please, please use use your networks. So that's real. I mean, we often, I think with like young folks uh, who are just starting their their careers or their first job search, you, you know, you tell them like, like, tell people, like ask people for help. There's no shame in that. But then we seem to forget that when we get in our 40s and 50s, we'll tell people, <laughs> ask people for help because it's real. It, it makes a difference. Yep. And people want to help. I believe people are good. Mm -hmm. And when you ask them for help, they're going to reach out and help you. All right. Let's take more phone calls as we talk about uh, life after being laid off. Call us at 651-227-6000. Are you worried about a layoff in the coming months or the next year? Uh, Give us a call. 651-227-6000. In Plymouth, Suzanne's on the phone. Good morning, Suzanne. Good morning. What's going on in your home? Well, in the past 20 years, my husband has been laid off four times, and we have a process that we'd highly recommend. The, The day after the layoff, we sit down at the computer for three days, and we perfect his resume, and we go through and make sure that he is very, very familiar with every single word in it, and that... The resume really highlights his accomplishments from his job. Mm -hmm. And after we do that for three days together as a team, uh, he then starts to spend 10 hours a day looking for a job. And in each case, he's ended up with a job that's been better than the one that he was laid off from. 
And we've recommended this process to our siblings as well. And it's very, very effective to just begin the resume um, building and the search immediately. And Suzanne, what kind of work um, has your husband done over the years? Uh, Credit card management. Oh, but what's going on emotionally? Because it sounds like you're saying like just immediately just get, get right at it. Why do you think that is what's valuable? Because we don't let it sink in. We don't fret about it or worry about it. We take action right away. And we try to not um, process it too much. Well, meaning <laughs> taking it personally? Take it, we don't take it personally. And we don't view this as a barrier. We don't view this as, you know, that, that we look at it very optimistically. Like this is an opportunity to maybe do something that he liked even better than before. And we just get excited about it. Um, it's helpful if someone out there, uh, and this is my role in this case, um, can just pump him up and just get him excited and looking forward to the next, the next um, I think, adventure. Suzanne, and I think we should just all find a Suzanne. That's what we all need. We need a, a, a partner like you. Uh, thank you, uh, Suzanne, uh, there in Plymouth. Uh, Chris, in your conversations with economists, have you found that there is this expectation that we may see more uh, layoffs in the u- new year? I mean, there's just a feeling. of There's a feeling. I mean, if, if you look at the consensus expectation right now, we're going to recession next year. Now, that's a forecast. doesn't mean we're going to go into a recession. But what it does mean is the expectation that there will be more layoffs as demand weakens and industries, companies just aren't making the kind of profits that they were before. Mm. And uh, you heard uh, the caller, Suzanne, talk uh, about uh, updating that resume, making sure it's singing and really, really describing what your skills are. Uh, what can you add to that, Avery? Yeah, I. what I want to call out is that she talked about how he knew every word in the resume. And I think in Minnesota, especially Midwest, we have a tendency to not hype ourselves up. So when you're approaching your job search, kind of think about it from a marketing perspective of you are marketing yourself as a product to an employer. Um, So the more that you can talk positively about the things that you've done and kind of brag about yourself a little bit. Oh, that's not very Minnesota. (laughs) It is not. And it is something that I have coached many people on. It's okay to brag about what you've done. (laughs) But I've I've heard there are words like you shouldn't use, like assist and help. No, I did that. Mm -hmm. Like like the the, the verb choice even matters, right? Yes. You want to show what you have done for the company. It's not Mm -hmm. showing, well, here's what I helped a team do. We want to show what you did and who you are in a resume. It's the first time an employer sees it, sees you, and it's kind of your first introduction. Bonnie, I know you have something to add to that. Uh, how do we how do we hype ourselves up? How do we stand out so that Bonnie's like, yeah, come work for me? I I do have something to add. I love all the advice about, you know, this is a chance to advocate for yourself. The other thing I would think about is you may need multiple versions of your resume. Mm-hmm. You may be looking at different industries. You may be looking at different roles and exploring new paths. Sometimes one resume for all jobs is not going to break through. And I really encourage people when you're applying for a job, and so few people do this, actually read the job description. Find the keywords in that job description, which will resonate with all the tech talent out there, and put those keywords in your resume. Because if you have a hiring manager going through 50 resumes, if those keywords pop, 
it's going to get extra attention. Oh, it's a match, right? Like they're right. like, oh yeah, like oh look, she's doing that. Look what you know, she <laughs> read the job description. That's what you said you wanted. That's smart. That's a great strategy. Um, but but what else? I mean, uh, what really makes someone stand out to you? Because you you already said you don't care if someone's been laid off before, and in many cases you see that as an opportunity to you know maybe I have someone who was a stellar employee. Um, what else do you think really helps someone um, get back on their feet quickly? Um, you know, I'm going to point out the things that are our core values at Ovative that I really think make someone pop in an interview: being genuine, being themselves, being driven, accountable. Um, being able to talk about examples that align with what the company is looking for. So know, know a little bit about the company, go to the website, understand what they do, understand the job. And then beforehand, think of the two to three examples in, in your work experience that aligns well to what they're looking for. Like do that prep work so you come in feeling as confident as you can feel mm-hmm. and, and be yourself. Like, just honestly be who you are. But what if I'm kind of quiet and demure? When you say be yourself, sometimes I think people think like you have to be bright and shiny and loud, but that's not true. Yeah. Well, you're talking to someone who's very loud, so I get that. But you know what? If someone is, it's the skills. And I think companies are looking for people who demonstrate the skills that they need and to demonstrate that accountability and are driven, right? And so, I mean, I think you can shine in an interview if you're able to advocate, to, you know, to Avery's point, for the skills that you possess and how those skills align with what the company is looking for. I, I really believe that. And if your resume is singing it and calling it out, that you executed, that you did That's this, right. that you led, you weren't just yep. sitting around helping, right? Okay. Yep. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Right now in Edina, we have... Rumla on the line. And good morning, Rumla. What do you want to share with us? Good morning, Angela. Thank you for having me. Sure. Um, So I just wanted to share, you know, about 10 years ago, I got laid off um, as part of a mass layoff. Uh, It was the first time ever. And I just wanted to share some of the emotions that I went through. And I think the folks that you have in the studio today have shared something similar. Mm. Uh, It was very embarrassing. A lot of shame. You know, why me? Why am I not good enough? Why did this happen to me? Mm. What did I do wrong? Um, you know, it, it's a blow to your ego. Uh, people don't talk about that. And I was very embarrassed and didn't want to share openly what had happened to me. And so I did get, uh, you know, go through a career management class. And one of the best pieces of advice I got there was your life is, is, is just a line. And what happened to you today is a little blip. It's a dot. So don't let that affect what you've done, what you've achieved in the past, and what you are to achieve in the rest of your life. This is literally a blip in your life. And so take it as a blip and move on. So, you know, I just wanted to share that if anyone's going through it, it is really hard. It's hard when people say it's going to be okay. But when you're in the midst of it, Mm -hmm. it feels horrible. Ramla, what are you doing now? What happened after your uh, career coaching? Uh, Where are you now? Oh, I love my journey. So I actually am a product manager. I'm in technology product. And when I got laid off, it was a great time to reset. So financially, I was okay. And so I decided to take a few months off and just figure out what do I want to do? What makes me happy? And out of all the career coaching uh, I went through, I kind of reset my life and started in nonprofits. 
Mm. And so now I work for Caring Bridge. It's an amazing oh. organization. Yes. No one should go through a health journey alone. And I love what I do, and it's a great way of giving back, and I'm still in technology. So it's, it's a win-win. And had I not been laid off, I would have never left. And Ramla, uh, when you were laid off, were you working at a big company here in the Twin Cities? I was at Target. You were at Target. So you were, again, part of a mass layoff, and lots of people um, at the same time lost their jobs. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Ramla, you shared so much. Uh, I, I'm so happy that you were able to share your story. Um, Bonnie, you were at Target uh, for a long time. Uh, you were there uh, as a, a vice president of marketing, I believe, for uh, a long time. Um, what do you hear and what she just shared? And she talked about the blow to the ego. It was embarrassing when this happened to her. Bonnie? Okay, I, I'm, I think we lost Bonnie there. Oh, can you? I'm sorry, oh, can you hear oh, me now? Oh, I can now? hear you now, Bonnie. So yeah, we were you able to hear Rumla, our last caller, talk I about was. her experiencing. Um, it was embarrassing. It was a blow to the ego, in, to her ego. But then came this career coach and was like, honey, it's just a blip. <laughs> and she's doing all right now. Yeah, that's a great coach. And it's true. But that doesn't take away from it is a blow to anybody's ego. You know, we invest so much in our professional lives. It's such a big part of who we are. And Mm -hmm. it always feels personal, even even though in the big picture, it's not it's you it feels personal. I love her story, though, about taking this chance to explore other industries. And I think it really goes back to what Chris said at the beginning. Don't lose perspective of the important skill set that you have and that that can be applied, especially if you have a strong technical skill set across all industries and companies. And I love how Rumla took that opportunity to make a move to Caring Bridge. That's a fabulous story. Mm-hmm. So now she's at a nonprofit uh, in Minneapolis. Let's take another phone call. This is Molly on the phone. Hi, Molly. What do you want to tell us about uh, getting laid off? Oh, hi. You know, it's funny. I got laid off on the same day I had to lay off people. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. vouch for, it is not personal. I got to pause you there. <laughs> How did that play out? Like you were assigned to lay off people and then after you did yep. it, then you were laid off? No, it was all the same day. Um, I happened to know that my layoff was coming. Um, and I knew that we had to reduce, I think, our headcount by 10% or something. And we had to make really hard choices. And it was so... Seeing it from that side, I saw how arbitrary it really is, and it had nothing to do with people's performance or their value. Uh, I knew that myself, and I got laid off, and I still had to process all of those same emotions. It didn't matter that I had that perspective, if that makes sense. And so what advice do you have now on the other side of it for other people? Yes. uh, The most important thing I learned is, You have to make space to deal with the new emotional and financial reality of your life and to make space for finding your next opportunity. And both of those things need to happen. So make sure you reserve some time to just like accept that you've been through something pretty big. Um, So I I have a question. When when you say make space, what does that mean? Like acknowledge that you're mad, that you're sad, that you're scared, like just go through the emotions. Is that what you mean when you say make space? I always wonder what people mean. Yeah, yeah. Go through the emotions. You know what I used to, what I found helped is I would watch four episodes in a row of Clean House, like (laughs) a TV show Uh where people clean their house. And it just, it helped me. And I don't know why it helped me, but I found that was a thing. And so what I, the, the bigger part is to find whatever works for you, whether that's taking a walk or just doing some deep breathing or just go ahead and feel those feelings. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but also to just decide either on a weekly or a daily basis, today in the morning I'm going to look for a job, and in the afternoon I'm going to take a break and take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, if you don't make that decision at the beginning of each day, you feel like a failure at the end of every day. What are you doing now, Molly? Uh, did you find a new job that you like? <laughs> I did. You know, it's funny. I um, I also was at a big corporation um, in Atlanta, and I ended up moving to Minneapolis and working in arts administration. Uh, so it was a very big change for me uh, in location and jobs. And now I'm um, a producer, and I'm a, working um, as a part-time consultant. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. You shared yep. a lot. Oh. Thank you, Molly, for calling in. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks. All right. Uh, let's Bye. take another f- a phone call. In Minneapolis, also, Kim is on the phone. Kim, what did you want to tell us about uh, being laid off? Oh, so much. I have to try to break everything down to just a few key points. I've, I have kind of a non-traditional career tra- trajectory. Um, I have a fine art background. I have a, an associate's degree in commercial art. But I dropped out of college twice, so I don't have uh, the bachelor's degree mm-hmm. that that everybody wants. And um, my, I've been working as a contractor for quite a few years, and I really like it. I had a five-year developmental editing role for an online for-profit university, got laid off there, contracted for a few months at the beginning of the year, And since then, I haven't been able to find work. And much of the jobs that I'm seeing out there now that we're paying maybe, you know, $35 to $40 an hour are paying, like, minimum wage or even less sometimes for for freelance. And and so I'm just kind of lost. Like, what do – what – I'm 57. Mm -hmm. Um what do I do? What, okay. and, and, you know, and I've done all the stuff I know. I know about tailoring resumes. I'm working with a recruiter. Um, but I but I wonder if I'm not getting past the the ATSs, even though I'm writing targeted resumes, okay. because I don't have that bachelor's degree. All right, let's get some advice. Uh, Avery, I'll start with you. Uh, she she doesn't have a college degree. And, and she's she said she doesn't think anybody will hire her because of that. Is Is that true or it's just work experience sometime in a field does that transcend having a degree yeah i would say it is not true there are jobs out there that are hiring for positions without bachelor's degree the key is though to look at what the requirements are do they have in um requirements that there's a bachelor's degree or is it preferred or is it exactly or is it preferred if it's in the required there is a chance that Mm-hmm. You're just not going to make it past there. But if it's in preferred, lean on all of that experience that you have um, because the experience is so much more important. The other thing I would say is thinking about the types of roles and companies that you're applying for. Companies like huge corporations like Target, they want people fresh out of college with the bachelor's degree, but smaller to mid sized companies. They can be really great for people who are in the middle of their career or have more experience than education. And perhaps could have that life experience could um, add a lot to the culture of a work environment. That is valuable as well. Bonnie, mm-hmm. uh, what would you say to Kim? She's 57, doesn't have a college degree, but she's got a lot of work experience. I think Avery's, Avery's advice is spot on. And I think, again, just make sure it's not a requirement, but it's in the preferred column leaning in on your skill set. And again, I would say finding a real person to talk to at a company so you can really highlight your skills and and 
network to understand that. I mean, we have people we've hired who are making career changes um, that, you know, got in the door by highlighting their skills and knowing somebody or connecting with somebody at Ovative. So I think that that's always a really strong strategy. All right, let's uh, let's go to Southern Minnesota uh, to Winona and talk to Kathy. Kathy's on the phone. Kathy, thank you for waiting. What did you want to share or ask? Hi. Hi. I wanted to share that in 2008, when we had our last big recession, my husband was laid off. He had been working for the same company for 28 years. He was about 60 years old. Um, emotionally, it was very hard. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we were worried about, uh, we had savings, but paying for insurance was a, a biggie. Right. Uh, so he explored a couple of different areas. He thought about going back to school. And then uh, he decided, in the midst of a recession, to start his own business as a consultant. Because he'd been working in the semiconductor industry all that time. And... Uh, he ended up being very successful. In fact, he made much more money with his own business than he made when he was working for another company. So he started over so in, his, we, in his 60s. Yeah, in his 60s. He started over with a brand new company, and it was very successful. <laughs> so I love there was, that. There, um, um, there was really a silver lining there. Oh, Kathy and Monona, thank you for saying that. We just have like two minutes left. And uh, Avery, I want to make sure um, I give you a chance to talk about this. Uh, We talked about the dislocated worker program run through um, the state's department of employment and economic development, a great resource, but uh, someone on Twitter, uh, this is Jeff is asking about uh, where do people find job listings? Where do we go to find out like where, like who's hiring Are are any recommended like uh, job posts or websites that have current listings? Yeah, so there are a lot of different job boards out there. There are the national ones like Indeed.com. Deed actually does run their own job board on their website, which is mn.deed.gov. And then if you're looking to transition, as some of our callers have, from corporate to nonprofit, the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits has one of the best job boards for any nonprofit roles. Just make sure they haven't been posted for more than Three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Three to four weeks, because that could just be outdated information by that point. Give me that website again. You said uh, for deed. What is it again? Uh, so their website is mn.deed.gov. Um, and then on there, you can find the uh, job board. All right. Uh, in the next 20 seconds, Chris, uh, give us some words of wisdom and hope. <laughs> so, yes, you're not alone. Mm. Reach out to your network, as Bonnie was saying, and not only just reach out to your network uh, for referrals, but they can also help you figure out what it is you want to do next. They know your character. They know your skills. They know who you are. So if you're not sure about your transition, talk to your network. They'll give you good feedback. Well, I thank our guests and our listeners. We've been talking with Avery Bardell here in the studio, a workforce development manager for Goodwill Easter Seals in Minnesota, and Bonnie Gross, the executive vice president of talent services for Ovative Group in Minneapolis. Thank you, Avery and Bonnie. And thank you to Chris Farrell, who's with us every Monday as we talk about the economy. This conversation today was produced by Matt Alvarez. I'll talk to you all tomorrow morning at 9. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.